God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? everybody and welcome back to another episode of life on purpose we are so happy that you guys have chosen to tune in and join us for this week's episode we are on episode mm -hmm. number 5050 which is unbelievable that we're all wild here. feels like we Five just started this crazy. yeah yeah hey, crazy. i do need to i do need to give it a little bit of an announcement here um i had a a, a good friend of this program and i think everybody will know you guys will know him really fast that uh, sent me just a word of thanks the other day. Uh, he, he has listened to every single program that we've had. Uh, some of them, I think, multiple times. But uh, <laughs> so in honor of the 50th, uh, he is actually sending a check that will take care of almost the whole year of broadcasting for us. So uh, wonderful. I, I, that is awesome. Know, I know he would not want to uh, me to mention his name. So uh, I, I won't mention Jared. <laughs> well hallelujah and thank you very much yes we are we're 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 humbled and we're thankful and we're grateful yes. and we are confident in where god has placed us in this and we're just we just love doing it and so yeah. uh yeah thank you very much thank you very good much time. good time yes, so you. ryan get us started tonight buddy yeah, absolutely. So uh, after the past two or three podcasts, uh, kind of something that came to the mind of, I think most of us, uh, but Mike kind of brought it up and was like, hey, let's let's do this. We wanted to talk uh, in these times, uh, in these events that we're seeing unfold on a global scale. Um, and though some of them are far away, and there is somewhat of the anticipation that they may be coming to a theater near you. Um <laughs> To put it lightly, yeah. But uh, we wanted to talk a little bit on the topic of situational awareness and uh, what we can do to better ourselves, better our understanding for both us and for our families uh, to ensure their safe their safety. Uh, this is not to spread fear uh, in any means, uh, but this is just to maybe put some tools in the toolbox that you can use yeah. during your, your daily walk and your daily life and uh, even in your congregations uh, to protect yourself, your family, and those around you that you, you love and care about. So uh, thoughts mm -hmm. on the subject, guys? Who wants to, to open us up? I, I Let me just jump in here because I don't, I don't have a lot of training. I know that, Ryan, you've gone through a lot and I've trained with you a lot about stuff and, Mike, you've thought a lot about that stuff and, Dale, I don't know where you're at with that, but I know that based on my little that I know, when it comes to a topic as broad and as big as this, it does not mean, um, it doesn't necessarily always mean gear. And sometimes the simplest things are the, the, actually the things that matter the most. It's really like, it's all up in here in your mind. And that was always something that really uh, blew me away. And you really don't know unless you've actually spent time practicing it when you didn't absolutely need it. And I think that was something that always blew me away when I did get to learn a little bit about this. And I think I would like to talk more when, as we go along with maybe examples or whatnot. Uh, intent, I think, is my word for that, is intent. What is your intent when this is happening? Are you trying to be inconspicuous? Are you trying to be fly under the radar? Whatever your intent is, is how then your body's going to lead. How is basically where your head is aimed. If you're if you're aiming for that, that means your body will follow in that. So you have to practice that. You have to understand that. Um, but then what's our intent with the words we speak? I mean, that's been, we've talked about that. <laughs> I mean, sorry, we're probably going to keep talking about it because it seems like it never goes away is uh, what people's intent on social media is, is not the same thing as what they would do in real life. They get to hide behind a screen and mm -hmm. say a bunch of stuff and a lot of nasty, extremely nasty things. Um, they are not going to say it to your face. <laughs> they probably would never do that. But what's your intent of, of going in with within the social interaction on the internet versus in life when you actually might be faced with a protest before you. I think that there's a lot that could be said about that. But yeah. uh, mm. again, we're it's not about fear, not about fear at all. It's just yeah. looking with yeah. your eyes. Daniel? Yeah. So I'm, um, I am subscribed to the Daily Wire, which is um, Ben Shapiro's 
group and there's a lot of great content on there and all sorts of things. And uh, one thing that one person they have a lot of exclusive content on there is Jordan Peterson. Um, I know there's a lot of Jordan Peterson fans out there. I know there's a lot of Jordan Peterson haters out there. Um, think what you will, but uh, he is a very, he's very wise. He's very good at breaking concepts down. Um, and I think he has a very interesting and direct way of speaking to young men in particular. And so he did this uh, series on there called Vision and Destiny. And he he did a, he's touched on some of these things in at least one of his books too. But he basically goes through, and I think we actually touched on this a little bit last week, but he encourages people to, in, 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 a, in, the, in regards to vision, he basically has you walk through this mental process. He talks about it almost like a, you know, picture your little, your little avatar person like you would create on Facebook, like your little person, and just kind of picture that in your mind. What is that little person doing when they wake up? And what are they doing after they wake up? And what are they going to do when, if they're 10 minutes for work? You know, and, and he goes through all these scenarios. And the point is to essentially, you're actually creating thought patterns when you do that. Like when your little person in your mind, when you're picturing yourself faced with a situation, a stressful situation, even if it's just being late for work, if you're picturing yourself being stressed, you're more likely to be stressed because that's the thought pattern that you have put yourself into. And so it can be as simple as, and, and this is what vision is, it's picturing what could be. We've talked about this in the sense of what God has put on your life, but it applies to so many things. And, and the reason, the way that it uh, relates to what we're talking about here is ask yourself who you want to be in any given situation. If a situation where somebody needs help or something's going on that is a tense situation, do you want to be the person that is cowering in fear and running away? Or do you want to be the person that people look at and they say that person has their head screwed on straight? They have, they're not worried or they're not panicked right now and they look like they can make a sound decision. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It just means that they, they do you want to be that person that would react well in a situation like that? And if that's the case, then you play through these thought patterns of just, okay, what would I do? What would I want to do in a situation like this? You know, like a protest, like what you're saying, or even like you're saying on a social media thing, who do you want to be? And then start to take the steps to get to that person. If you are an overreactionary panicky person, you're going to have to deal with that before you can become that person you're envisioning in your mind. And it's interesting because so many of the things that we've talked about in the past regarding like what God is going to call you to do or ask you to do and how that requires being attentive to your situations of, you know, just expressing an act of kindness to someone, you're going to have to be aware of a situation and that same concept of kindness can apply just the same way to a situation that would be a tense one where it takes being present. It takes being engaged in whatever circumstance you're in. It doesn't matter if you're standing in the grocery line today. Like I, I even today I was at the grocery store and there was a guy really struggling with a big bag because he was in a wheelchair. And had I been kind of spacey, then I probably would have just stood there and been your average millennial that doesn't lift a finger to help anyone. But because I was just aware of what was going on, it's like, of course, I'm going to help that guy just get the bag up so it can be scanned. So I'll start with that. <laughs> you know, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Being aware of, of your situation. Okay. Situational awareness is basically that. I mean, it's, we don't have to discuss that in, in depth. It's, it's uh, being aware of the situation that you are in. And there are, uh, when we teach about, um, you know, survival and uh, people, oh, I don't want to talk about survival. Well, the, uh, the opposite of survival is, is not surviving. Okay? It's called death. So <laughs> I, I think I'm just thinking, you know, survival is a pretty cool thing. Um, you know, there's the, the levels that we deal with of, um, of, of white, of yellow, of red, of black, you know, levels that you're in of, um, you know, if you're, if you're at home, 
sitting in your recliner, you may be in white, you're really not caring about anything. But you're, if you're out, you know, walking around and you're at the grocery store or something like that, uh, you just need to be in a, a little bit of a heightened awareness of what's around you, uh, which means that you you don't go walking through the parking lot with this thing, you know, looking down at it. And, you know, all of a sudden you're running into people and someone's there and you're in a situation that you're like, how did I get here? Well, it's very easy. You walked right into it because you didn't see it. Um, so being aware of your situation, yes. And then like Daniel was saying, uh, being aware of who you are. Okay, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, we were talking about this, uh, wrote a book called On Killing. It's a very good book. Um, and he talked about sheep uh, or, yeah, uh, sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. Uh, I did a message called Sheep, Wolves, and Shepherds. I probably need to go back and revisit that. Mm. Understand, you know, yeah. are you a sheep? Are you a wolf? Are you a sheepdog or a shepherd? If you're if you're a sheep, be a good sheep. If you're a wolf, we're coming after you. Okay? <laughs> or just, just say it. Uh, if you're a shepherd, learn how to be one. Okay? As David was saying, the mental thing. You got to get in the, you got to get in the game mentally because there's things that are happening and to say that well you know I live in you know Franklin North Carolina or or you know Blue Ridge Georgia so it can't happen here well um I got a, a a good friend of mine and Daniel's uh you know the the husband here you guys um was driving down the road the other day uh going home and they have a Mogan David on the back of their car. And somebody goes uh, goes by and starts honking the horn and yelling and, uh, you know, starts speaking to them in single digits. You, you understand mm. single yes. digit. Okay. Um, that's in, that's in Franklin. Okay. I met with the sheriff. I saw the sheriff today and uh, mentioned it to him. He said, thank you for telling me about this because there's this attitude. Well, it can't happen to me, Ryan. What does that, that attitude do to you? It causes a, a spirit of complacency, yeah. Uh, which I, I love that. Actually, you started with with this. Uh, these are a wonderful tool. Uh, let's let's leave them to that. When you're in a public space, keep your head out of this, um, because oftentimes we get comfortable walking around with our head in this instead yeah. of heads up looking around and, and seeing yeah. who is around us and what our environment is like. And, talking about our cell phones for people listening on the podcast. Yes, I'm, yeah. I apologize. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cell phones. Keep keep your head out of out of your, out of the the cell phone, out of the cloud. Yeah, uh, that's a new meaning. <laughs> right? Head out of the cloud. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. get your head out of the cloud. Wow. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, don't get complacent, even in your quiet little town. Uh, and this comes to kind of a topic that I wanted to speak about, which is, um. In the situational, your situational awareness, in your surveying your surroundings, what is your image and what is the image that others around you may be portraying? What do I mean by that? There's a few things to take into consideration. Let's say you're out at the grocery store and it's 75 degrees outside. And everybody is dressed for 75 degrees, except for one person who's wearing a big, heavy jacket. Who should you be keeping your eyes on? Probably the person with the big, heavy jacket, because that means they might be concealing something that could harm you or harm others. Yeah. Um, that's just one example. Um, you know, what stickers do they have on their car? Mm-hmm. That's another thing I, I want to bring out, and you brought up this story about this individual in your congregation. I'm not faulting anybody for having uh, any of their, you know, uh, Israeli flag or a menorah or anything like that on their their vehicle, because um, I, I know that that is your way of saying that you stand with and support this group of people or this ideology. Where that is dangerous, and this is where I'm very careful with the stickers I put on my vehicle is you have to think like the wolves. Yeah. I've done this exercise with my wife before, and this is actually a great thing you guys can do with your families. Go to a parking lot, start sitting in your car and observing different vehicles. 
and surmise based off the information provided you by that vehicle, what this person does, where they live, what kind of target would they be? So for instance, if I'm out and I'm, let's say, looking to steal a firearm, I'm probably going to look in the pickup truck that has NRA, Glock, Magpul, SIG, I support the Second Amendment stickers all over the back windshield. Yeah. That's the first place I'm going to break into to find a vehicle, uh, not the Subaru with the bike rack on top and the coexist sticker. <laughs> you beat it. me to that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing is you we often see sort of on that, you know, one of the bottom corners of the back window glass, you'll have the, the family, right? They'll have the dad, the mom stick mm -hmm. figures, right? They'll have the kids, right? And they might even have a little dog there, right? Well, if mm -hmm. I'm going to follow somebody home to break into their house, let's say, I'm not going to go to the one that has the sticker of the little dog there. I'm going to pick one that doesn't have the dog, right? But let's couple that with other stickers that of information you might pre be providing. Let's say you say well, my husband or my, uh, my son is a um, Jones High School honor student, right? And you've got the stickers, right? Then you might have... Um, you know, something about some, you know, First Baptist Church or whatever. This is going to all our listeners, not not just those messianic, right? <laughs> well, now I know where your children go to school. I know roughly the vicinity that you live in and whether you're in town or out of town, depending on my locale. And I also know where your plans are, where you plan to be Sunday morning. And I can look up that church, find the service times and i know who's not going to be home at those times yeah this is just giving an example i'm not i'm not trying to scare anybody that kind of thing but think about in your daily life what kind of image you are portraying to those around you and if you are creating or giving enough information to somebody that you would make yourself a target does that make sense absolutely mm -hmm. yep David, pick it up. I may. I was gonna say, like, I think that, like, what you're talking about, Ryan. Like, this is like we're we're talking about just a example of looking at vehicles and just from your vehicle, how much information. If someone is to just stand there and just observe, how much information they can get, and that's like what Ryan is that information because you could do the same thing at a mall. Like now, do the flip opposite. Now look at people that are in a mall and going, okay, they probably own a truck. They're, they're in a car or you could do the same kind of thing and gain information on how they're walking, how they're doing things. Again, it's what are they telegraphing to everyone? What are they not really sub, what are they subconsciously telling everyone around them? I think if you really just look at people, you can just get a very good idea of their mental state just by looking at them. And that does wonders for everything. I, I, I was wanting to just mm -hmm. tap into that there, Ryan, because like, that seriously is amazing. Like the just looking at stickers, how much that tells you. Because uh, yeah, the Subaru with the coexist or then the the truck with the NRA <laughs> sticker is a polar opposite. Sorry, like Katie. those are polar opposite. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody out there. Hey, she I, has a Subaru, but not with a coexist on uh, it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. Um and I and you know the Subaru is an easy target because it's an outdoorsy, like you know. Um, right. Easy target, no pun intended. Um, you know, so what is what does the Bible say about Amalek? It says that Amalek attacks the ones that lag behind. Mm -hmm. And part of what, what you're getting at, Ryan, as far as the what image are you sending about yourself? Um, another thing that's very easy to tell, kind of like what you were starting to say, Dave, you can really tell a lot about a person just by watching them walk. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> Dad, you never said this directly to me, but I think you said it to to my to Steve and my brother. Um, he said, "I don't care if you're walking to the bathroom; you walk with purpose." <laughs> well, he, and so yeah, I said, um, to, you know, "I said in a teaching, I said, you know, walk with purpose." He said, "He says because he used to just kind of slouch, kind of thing around the house." I said, "Stephen, walk with purpose." He says, "I'm going to the bathroom." I said, "Then go with purpose." <laughs> <laughs> and so the reason I said it is because. Um, you can tell when you're out and about, like, you know, you notice the person that's got their head held up high 
and they're walking and they like, okay, you know what? I'm going to stay out of this person's way. Um, sometimes it's a big bulky dude and sometimes it's a mom and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to leave that, leave that alone right there. You know, they, they, and, and sometimes it's just like a respect thing. Like, wow, that person really carries themselves well. And you don't have to be an example. I'll give not as a prideful thing, but just something that shocked me as a realization of what you taught us dad of to walk with purpose. I was 18 going to get a haircut and the person, the, the woman that was cutting my hair, uh, cause I would go to her a lot. Um, she thought I was in my mid early to mid twenties. And she said it was because, and I had, you know, trash dash kind of, you know, very stubby peach fuzz facial hair. It was, so it was not how I looked. It, she said it was how I carried myself. And so again, who do you want to be? Are you going to be the, do you want to be the person that looks like they're just barely dragging by? Or do you want to be the person that has their head held high and walks with purpose? Because that alone makes you less of a target to other people. I would say, and I want to just chime in on this because now we've looked at, okay, what your vehicle, how you carry yourself, where like looking at the main things that you're doing in life, those are the areas, whether you're at the, at the grocery store driving that we're talking about some pretty big things. Again, we would have to have many, 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 many hours to go through of the little things that we know that a lot of, there's a lot of great people out there that are experts at this. Just that's all they do day in and day out, right? Like we're hitting on some, we're, we're hoping to whet your appetite on this. And so let me then like sub on that point that you just made, Daniel. So now we have like how you can command. I've realized that like command your presence as you're walking through places. It helps if you're a certain kind of size or certain amount of height. There's a lot of factors that can help you if you're genetically that way. However, there's also times where we, Brian talked about how there's the, the guy wearing the big overcoat in the middle of summer, that person's going to be, that, that guy's kind of weird. Yeah. Guess what? If you're also of a genetically of a certain way, then people are going to just look at you and go, what's up with that guy? So do you want to command presence or do you want to blend in? Now you got to figure out how to do those, whether the situation calls for you to stand out or whether the situation calls for you to be blending in with the crowd, blending in yeah. with people. Yeah. That's understanding that is where that's going to matter a lot to you guys. So Ryan, learn how to be... wanna... yeah. I'm sorry, dude. No, go for it. Go for it. Ryan, if you want to go with that, and then I want to add something to it in, in there or, or, yes, ab- or whatever you want to do. A- absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to dwell too long here uh, because yeah. you're going to find proponents on both sides. Uh, one being more of your gray man theory, uh, you know, and the other being, you know, those that, that command absolute presence as well. Uh, and I, I agree with you guys w- walk with purpose and whatever you do, walk with purpose. Um, even if you're listening to life on purpose, mm. uh, <laughs> welcome. No, I was um, waiting for someone to do it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to, uh, you talked about educating yourself some more, uh, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. there's a couple things that I would recommend to our listeners. Uh, and they're very easy things for you guys to do. Um, one, go to Amazon or go out to a bookstore, wherever you can purchase a copy of the art of war, yeah. read it. Uh, it's in the recommended officers readings for most uh, branches of the military. Um, I know when I stepped into a managerial role at my first job, my mentor, um, he loaned me a copy. He was like, you should read this. This is something you need to know stepping into this position. Uh, so it will help you a lot in just your your daily walk. There's mm-hmm. tools in there that you can learn. Uh, the other one, uh, and you guys may have heard of him, um, Again, I, I when I recommend these, I'm not subscribing to everything that the person says, but there's right. information you can learn from them because of the places that they have been and the places that the streets they have walked down. Uh, his name is Ed Calderon. Uh, Ed Calderon was uh, nine years as a Mexican police officer, uh, but he was more into the uh, drug and uh, hostage uh, side of things. Um, according to him, he basically kicked like nine doors a day for nine years. So he, he has a lot of experience under his belt. Uh, but one of the things that he talks about is just that uh, situ- your situational awareness, things to look for, um, both your image and the image other people put off. Um, I know even at one point had taken a class during the Atlanta protests that were going on there. 
and actually took his class into the protest just so that they could kind of gather intel and see what was going on and they could learn hands-on what was happening on the street and how to apply some of these different techniques. Um, one of the things that he does is also talking about uh, evasion and escape. Um, specifically, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world where there is trafficking, human trafficking. Um, and so he talks about some of the elements to look for in that, but also as far as um, escaping that. But more importantly, there's a lot of people that travel, and you can't always take all of your main tools with you. Mm -hmm. So he talks about how to acquire or to utilize other items, everyday items, as these tools that you can have in your toolbox and utilize in these situations. Things as simple as a big pin and some kite string yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Go check him at, out, uh, Ed Calderon. Mm -hmm. You'll find some really good information. I think he's got a Patreon that's like $5. A little plug for him there. It's Honestly, it's worth it because not only does he talk about the, the mindset and some of the gear and things, but he also will show you some videos, parental guidance suggested, but he'll give you video breakdown of things where we break down behavior as you're looking through things and how to observe behavior or how to alter your own behavior in these certain situations. Very good stuff. And I can't think of too many other specialists in that mm -hmm. area that are as credible as him. Ryan, you bring up a, a great statement here of don't look like a target. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that in itself is about knowing who you are. Okay. Because when we talk about don't look like a target, well, what does that mean? Uh, we have a, a young lady who watches uh, Life on Purpose or listens every week, um, Sarah, uh, you know, not the not the, the, the largest person in the world, right? Um, no. She could look meek. Uh, she could look like an easy target. But if she understands That'd herself. That would be a mistake. Yeah, I know. It would be a big mistake. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yeah, because <laughs> be really how she mistake. carries herself does not make her look like a target. Yes. Okay, so if you're, you know, if, if you're, you're a lady, this is not a chauvinistic thing. If you're a lady, uh, you know, ladies are the, the targets. Don't, you know, if don't tar don't park next to a, to a, a van, okay? Uh, especially one that has no windows. Uh, you know, don't do things that are crazy. But uh, you know, ladies are are seen as, by wolves as easier targets. So don't present yourself as a target. That means holding your head up. That means when you walk by somebody that you might perceive as a danger, you might want to stare right at them. And and Ryan, if if you want to disagree with me, please say you're that, yeah. welcome. Um, you might want to stare them down as you're walking by them. But now, on yep. the other hand, if I'm walking around, um, I'm about 6'2", uh, you know, though I've got some gray hair, um, I can look like a target on the other side. Is that somebody walks into a room and they're looking at me going, I better take that person out first. So I don't want to look like that target. I want to, in right. that kind of a situation, I might want to blend in a little bit more. So understanding who you are, where you are, what your calling is, what you're doing at the time, all of those things come into it and comes back to what uh, what David brought up is the great, you know, we, we talk about gear. I mean, I got a list of stuff right now that's, you know, that I'm going over and kind of reacquainting myself with some things because um, I, I, I've taught, you know, I've taught this for uh, a lot of years. But times have changed, and I'm kind of having to bring myself up to speed really, really fast with all of this. But the greatest piece of gear that you can have is the one that's right here, is, is the brain. Mm -hmm. Because without that, it really doesn't matter what, all, mm -hmm. whatever, what else you're carrying or have with you or, or whatever, you know, without using the brain, yeah. no, nothing's going to mean anything. Ryan, you want to, did you want to? Correct me on that or? No, I actually, I had a, a just a small point with that. Um, remember too, for, for you guys that may be listening, that you're like, I've got this this figured out. Uh, you know, I, I know what I'm doing here. Um, 
I've got the that that large caliber piece, uh, you know, always with me, whatever it might be. Um, de-escalation, yeah, is always your words and your your thought. Uh, Travis Haley of Haley Strategic has a uh, saying that I love: "Thinkers before shooters." Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's we're not that goes for. Yeah, we're not actually wanting to go into that that area. No, but I know no. what you're going to. Yeah, okay. Exactly. I wanted to, to modify that. Thinkers are you know think before action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. De-escalate. Yeah. De-escalate. De-escalate. Uh, if you can get out of a situation, get out of it. Do not yeah. be the person that escalates it. Yeah. Live to fight another day. Exactly. Yeah. Don't uh, don't think it's macho to be carried by six. <laughs> exactly daniel exactly well oh, actually i thought it was funny that she's you mentioned like the you know you might want to stare them down too because I, I just saw a video about uh, a woman who had received instruction from a police officer of that very thing um you know don't don't be the sheepish one that just kind of runs away but like you know let them know you see them and you're watching them <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yep. this is really funny i'll bring up to that point as well, um, I heard this statistic, and I tend to agree with it. Uh, 80% of violent altercations happen in low, altered, or fading light. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest tools you can put in your toolbox is what? A flashlight. Yeah. That is the – I'm telling you, you know, ladies, if you feel uh, uncomfortable parking in a parking garage, but you have to park there, but you pull a, you know – 800 lumen torch out of your purse and you start using that and looking under you know car wheel wells and whatever as you're walking you think somebody that's going to do you harm wants to mess with that i don't think so yeah it's the attitude it's the attitude yeah and there's a thousand uses for them get yourself a flashlight they don't cost much money but they will do you a lot of good carry it with you every day oh yeah yeah, yeah, and then we'll have to get into maybe we'll have to do some pro. And I'm thinking about doing some programming on um, on some basic things like flashlight technology and stuff like that. David, man, I think from looking listening to this, there's there's so much like oh, there's so much we can go into. I think that the thing is is that I I really hope that for y'all listening, this is just to whet your appetite. And mm-hmm. because something that I found when I actually then got the opportunity to go train with people that are experts at stuff like this. And then to do something as simple as like, we're something as simple as like owning a tourniquet, but they don't cost all that much, but that is literally a life-saving piece of gear. You could save someone's life with something that only costs $30. You could save someone's life that they can actually live to fight another day. To understand though, how to do that the right way, but then also- So you don't kill them. Yeah, exactly. So you don't kill them. So again, don't take like I'm only wetting your appetite. I hope that you will go and find somebody that will teach because there's there are there are plenty of resources out there for you. But to be aware that that you if acquiring this stuff, it's cool to have all this stuff. But if you actually don't put it into practice, because everyone, because I, I used to be the same boat. Oh well, I got this. I got this. I know as I will go in there that I'll be able to do this. But when chaos happens, when situations happens, chaos reigns supreme when those things happen. So when that happens, you get disoriented and you fall back onto whatever you train to. If you never trained in that stuff, Mm -hmm. you forget it. You don't even realize you might have life-saving gear with you. So you have to actually practice it because I've actually been in a situation where it was chaotic. It was in training, but it was chaotic and just stuff slipped out of my mind that afterwards was able to go, oh my gosh, I totally forgot I had this, I had this, I had this. I could have done this plan. And But if you don't practice it, you'll never actually go to it. So you actually have to have a plan. You actually have to practice it because then if you don't, then you'll just – if you want to be a sheepdog, but then you don't practice being a sheepdog, you'll just be a sheep. You'll yep. just fall back into sheep and then probably even cause more panic. Yeah. And panic yep. is the worst thing that can happen. The mind has got to stay in control. What do they say every time? Stay in control. Calm down. You have to, you have to get to a place where you have to calm your own self. You have to know mm-hmm. yourself enough to know how to keep yourself grounded and not freak out. And I think that I'll close with this point is that we talk about 
shalom. That shalom, uh, the, I love how you said this, Mike, about what is the, how you can look at shalom. And if you break it down, what it is, that which is bringing chaos be destroyed. You could be the embodiment of shalom then, because when chaos happens, mm-hmm. you can come in there because you understand and know, because you trained, because you understand how to do something as simple as an accident and being able to help calm somebody down is life-saving. Just knowing how to calm somebody down, that takes a lot of effort from you to do that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk into a situation and you can be a sheepdog or you can be a chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you <laughs> chaos, bring a chihuahua in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. To that end of what you were saying there, Dave, uh, and back to your point of people saying, oh, this could never happen here. Um, story uh, that I got to personally experience. Uh, our quiet little town, Blue Ridge, I'm sitting in the office one day, and I had just taken a course, Dave, uh, like you brought up on the, some of the medical side of things. Uh, I've got my headphones on. I'm listening to music, and I'm just working away. Um, I've got the volume low enough. I can still hear what's going on. And uh, this elderly lady runs into our conference room, like in the side door that we never use, and she's screaming, like, help, help, help me. Somebody help me. So I go out and I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, my husband just fell out of his, uh, his cart. Uh, it was like a little scooter thing. And so I ran outside with her and there he was, he had flipped over on trying to go up a, a ramp that he shouldn't have been going up, uh, and had fallen. And he just had hip surgery, uh, proceeded to, I guess, mm-hmm. break the hip again. Uh, but in the process, uh, had really, uh, opened up a lot of wounds and sores on his arms and he happened to be on blood thinners oh no and so you know you talk about like something escalating quickly you you got to stop the stop the, the bleed you know especially something on, on on blood thinners and i had just gotten some items into my kit you know some gauze and, and bandages and some more specialized items to be able to quickly help mitigate that because we couldn't move him he was sitting in the hot sun Dave came out and was assisting me in this. Um, but to that point, like I had no idea that was going to happen that day, but I just always have my backpack with me with some of those items in it. And I was very, very glad that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on a work day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys brought this up. Cause um, you know, we, my wife and talk about the same thing of, you know, we don't want to store up, things as much as store of knowledge because um obviously you can have all the things in the world but if you don't have, know how to use them and use them well and prolong them then you're just gonna i thought it was um during the, the the big covid uh initial breakout everyone was running to the store and getting toilet paper and i was like i just i just found it so ironic because i was like they're they don't have enough food to be able to use all that toilet paper <laughs> I wanted to. He almost killed your dad. Terry, yes, I'm on. Just to, to the point Don't we use were talking a about, for head, head wound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you said earlier, Dad, if you're a sheep, then be a sheep. Yeah. And it, it is important to know who you are. You may not be a shepherd. Yeah, it's good. And if you're not a shepherd, the worst thing you, you can do is try to be a shepherd because you're going to get in the way of the, the other shepherd. And so in that case, you know, just know who you are and what you're capable of. If you're not capable of being the shepherd, then at least be a sheep that can get the other sheep going the right way. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and I, I wanted to say, too, we've been talking about this whole thing of, again, knowing who you are and don't be someone who has a target on your back. And that starts as everything spiritually. Yeah. Yeshua talks about the, the person who had the demons cast out of them and then they go away and then they return to a house that's been swept clean, but is still empty. If you are a house that is empty inside of your spirit, then that puts you as a target spiritually. All of these things start in the spirit and then they manifest in the physical. You have to focus on the inside first and become that person first before you start on the physical. You know, it, uh, 
we've always prayed um, when I was growing up and I continue to do this now when we're praying for our people or for ourselves um, just as like a general prayer, it's, you know, please be with them or bless them spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially in that order. Because if you go in any other order, something's going to get messed up. Um, and so all that kind of stuff and just being that person and knowing who you are. And in the end, knowing without a shadow of a doubt, I was actually talking to my kids uh, about this a little bit ago. Um, it does not matter what happens to your body. It is abhorrent and horrible what has happened to people's bodies in the past several weeks unspeakable and it makes it hard to say this on you know in our comfortable area but it is important because it does not matter what they do to the body yeah. they can't touch the spirit they cannot touch the soul I was talking on Shabbat about uh, how the worshipers would go first into battle. And as I was thinking about that, I, I feel like one of the reasons that the worshipers go first is because worshiping has a way of saying, it does not matter what my present circumstances are. It does not dictate my eternal standings. And so that worship, that acknowledgement of the eternal, of the all of this that we experience in this life is just before we get to the kingdom, before we get to that eternity and all of those things, like it's so, so easy talking about all this stuff to get sucked in to that physical. And it's important. We have to think about these things. We have to, we have to really dwell on them because we do live in this physical world, but it's so important to remember that this is just, part one this is not the end or this is not our eternity and god is still god he's still control he is still in control he still knows what's going on and he can take the smallest amount that you have and make it into as big of a thing he wants i said this on shabbat too um god can make one from zero very easily but he loves to make 10 from one yeah and so it's putting in that a little bit of effort in your spirit and your physical and your emotions and your finances, all that kind of stuff. And then he will do the rest. I wanted to go right off what you're saying today, because I think that this is something important. I think for those who are listening, because I have myself been one of these people. So I want to make sure too, that we are speaking this out to everyone in, in life and in hope and in truth that these things are important to know. But the ultimate thing you need to know is where you're at with, with our Heavenly Father. That's, that's bar none. Yeah. We're saying all these things so that you are better in this, in this life being better. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is to understand where does your help really come from. That is the most important. To understand who it is that you serve, who it is, is that your king and your God is the most important because he will be your ultimate protector. Because if you can get away from all of these situations, wonderful, and be protected, wonderful. However, what we're talking about is if there's a situation where you're brought into that is in chaos, you might be, in fact, that person that is supposed to bring shalom to that place, peace, essentially this peace that destroys chaos. That's, where, that's what we're trying to help tell you, and that understanding all this stuff is great, but if you're obsessed and consumed by it, we have to remember, too, that God is – also a God that loves people. And we have to remember that we're not to be going in like, oh, we're, we're looking for a fight. We're looking for people to be a part of his kingdom. Yeah. And the best thing we can do is lovingly help someone who's in need, helping an enemy pull them out of the filth that they're in. There's a lot of things that we can go into. And that's, that's a whole other topic as well. But we need to understand where we're at in the big scheme of everything yeah. is that we're a child of God. We're part of the kingdom of God. We're not here to be like, oh, we're defending our turf and our soil. It's like this soil over here. I'm talking, I'm not talking about land over there, right? I'm let's make sure I'm making distinction there because we're in full support of Israel standing its ground, doing what it's got to do. I'm saying is that a lot of times we get so married to, well, this is where I got to be at. And like, we let's take a big step back. What does God want us to do? Where is God? Where is he ultimately leading us to? 
Let me spring off of that, David, um, and go back to something that uh, Ryan brought out and we're running out of time. However, that happened. Uh, This, boy, this program's gone fast. Mm -hmm. Ryan, you brought out uh, a word de-escalate. And uh, this goes along with what you were talking about, David. So I want to go to a person who is a hero of mine, um, a lady named Corey Tinboom. And I'd like to mm-hmm. challenge people, even those, uh, if you got children, uh, maybe this would help to understand some of the things that are going on in our day. There's a movie about her named The Hiding Place. Now, it is not high tech. It is not high action. It is uh, none of those things. Uh, in in light of today's movies, you would call it boring, but it is the, one of the greatest messages of all times about a, and I'll, I'll condense this, about a family, the Ten Boom family, who was living in Harlem, Holland, and uh, Papa Ten Boom had, uh, had been for many years of his life teaching people to stand with Israel, the Jewish people, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so when it came time in Holland for the uh, for the Jews had to go and, and line up and they would have uh, a gold star placed upon their jacket or, or their outerwear. And so Papa Tinboom, uh, a Gentile, went and he stood in that line. And though he was not a Jew, he put a gold star on his jacket. He said, I will stand with God's people. He came home and uh, Betsy and Corey and um, their son, I can't remember. I can't remember the uh, his, his son's name right off the top of my head. They convinced Papa Timboom to take that star off of his jacket and said, Papa, we can do more by being who we are. And they had to plead with him. But finally, he he did. He took that off. And that allowed him to become part of the story, which is the hiding place, which during the time that that was operational in Harlem, and I've been there, I've stood in the hiding place, a very humbling place to be, because mm-hmm. they, they talked him into de-escalating. They were able to save almost 700 Jews during the time of the Shoah. Sometimes that uh, you know we we mentioned the the uh, the bumper stickers. It, it, it may be wise to de-escalate. God knows where you stand, but it may be that you need to de-escalate so you can be part of a greater purpose. Guys, final words. Ryan, go to you. Yes. We must, we must be cautious not to, as uh, um, Daniel and Dave have eloquently said, not to become overzealous in our preparation and to remember in whose hands we are. Yes. But we must also not come to a place of complacency. Mm-hmm. Or to a uh, to allow ourselves to be lulled into a false sense of security, when the Father mm-hmm. has put it within our grasp to be able to aid both ourselves, our families, and others, and to use these mortal bodies and this life to be a, and have great effect on others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, by listening to this episode. And I don't know if we we may I'm sure we're, we'll maybe revisit this topic uh, in the coming days. Uh, that'll be up to everybody here. We can discuss that. Um, but in listening to this, I hope that you leave and have uh, a fire under you both to gain more spiritually and more physically in the knowledge of these these things, these topics. So I hope we've helped somebody today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to lead off that too. I think because this is definitely a topic that is is oh man, the amount of times so I've talked about this, especially with Ryan, but with others around a campfire is oh too many times. There's so many neat topics to look into. I think that if we take a big step back and realize, um, we can't take on everybody, and you got to be I think humble enough to realize that 
you're only one person. But one person can do a lot, like Mike said. He loves turning people's nerve just one into ten. He loves doing that. And I think that if we realize that if if our intent as we wake up is to just be the best person that we can be for his kingdom and how can we make God really look good today, that I will do so much more because then as you're becoming more aware of people, you're then more aware of how you can help. And in love for your fellow brother and sister, you will do so much more than looking out for danger. And maybe, maybe I will put it that that could be a, a debatable topic, but I would like to submit that before you look for in out of love, but be aware like a sheepdog knowing because a sheepdog looks for trouble, but also corrals the sheep to be together because it knows that they're together. They're able to fight off any kind of foe because they're a bigger unit. So let's, let's look at that way as well. Yeah. Daniel. Um, I will say that whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically, or financially, do not feel like you are coming into the game too late. Um, mm-hmm. He's the God who makes up for wasted time. There is no such, uh, I, I, I will say there is still such thing as wasted time, but there's not, there's no such thing as wasted time that can't be redeemed mm-hmm. with him. Um, and so it's not about, consuming everything and retaining everything immediately right now. And like, you have to do that or you're just going to miss it. Um, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a backpack that you're just kind of throwing stuff in. You throw it in and you may totally forget about it until you need it. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I have that in there and I can use it. And that's how it's going to be with God. You put something in knowledge wise, or anything like that, God then has something to work with inside of you that he doesn't have to just, you know, throw into you at last minute. He can just bring it to the surface. So whatever it is, just walk forward today with your daily bread, knowing that he's still going to give you what you need for today. And that's going to be enough. There you go. Good word, Daniel. Good word. Mm -hmm. Good word. Well, we are out of time for this evening. Yes, uh, I agree, guys. We need to come back and, and revisit this. Uh, not sure what kind of depth we want to go into. If our listeners would like to uh, chime in, give us some ideas of what you might might be on your uh, your thoughts uh, on purpose at mail.com is a good place. You can go you know, put the comments mm-hmm. all over the place, whatever you want to do. But mm-hmm. uh, this is a time to become aware. Uh, be aware of who you are be aware of the days that we're in because you know as i posted on facebook the other day uh congratulations for being so smart to be born at the time that you would be needed the most and the reason because he has plans for you plans for good and not for evil to give you and others through you a future and a hope see you guys next week See y'all next week. See ya. Yeah.